Hey, thanks for joining me. I'm really glad you decided to stop by again. Oh, this is your first time? Hey, I'm really glad you stopped by. But I'm especially happy for people who have been here before and decided to come back. So, if you check back next time, even you can be one of the people about whom I'm really happy to hear. Sure, I'm just kidding. I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that I'm here. I'm also kind of struggling a little bit with just exactly how to get started. I kind of know what I want to talk about, but I'm finding it a little bit difficult to find a good starting spot. It does look like I would have already figured that out before I turned on the microphone, but podcasting is what podcasting is. Where my interest started was this afternoon. I was having lunch with my daughter and wife, and my daughter, in the course of the conversation, asked me what news sources I like to listen to. Of course, that got me thinking about that and the whole notion of fake news and whether I'm getting a good perspective on the world and so on and so forth. But later on, after lunch, I got to thinking about that some more and began to focus on what I listen to in the news and not so much about where it comes from. I do recall this morning being struck by how many murders there were. There were three people killed in Cleveland. There were three people killed in Cincinnati. And it goes on and on and on. So one of the things I discover is that reading the news brings to my attention a lot of violence. One of the things, though, that I don't hear too much about in the news are people who don't do something spectacular, people who are not out there making news, so to speak. Those are the people that are kind of hidden from the rest of us, the people that are not out there focused on dealing with things in the world, whether that be positive news kinds of things or negative news kinds of things. They're just at home taking care of business, doing the best they can to do the best they can. Beyond that, I think a lot about the people who are not benefiting from the society that we have, who are not benefiting from the good economy, who are not part of what we might think of as the mainstream. That's kind of a long way around to get to what I really want to talk about this time. I happened across President Trump's acceptance speech that he made once he had been declared the victor in the 1916, or 2016, it goes to show you how I'm keeping up, uh, the speech he gave acknowledging the fact that he had been elected president of the United States. He was the president-elect of the United States. And, of course, he gave a speech. I went back and listened to that speech trying to hear what he said was going to happen, what he said he was going to do, how he said things were going to be for all of us as a result of his being president. Let me play for you 
a clip from that speech. It's about four minutes. And I've taken away the crowd applause in between the things he says. So it kind of compacts it into the meat of his message. Before I comment on it specifically, let me play it for you so you can have the context for yourself. You can have the actual words, the actual speech, at least the content of the speech, and then you'll be in a better position to judge the point I want to make. Okay, here we go. Let me play it for you. Now it's time for America to bind the wounds of division. Have to get together. To all Republicans and Democrats and independents across this nation, I say it is time for us to come together as one united people. I pledge to every citizen of our land that I will be president for all Americans. And this is so important to me. For those who have chosen not to support me in the past, of which there were a few people, I'm reaching out to you for your guidance and your help so that we can work together and unify our great country. As I've said from the beginning, ours was not a campaign, but rather an incredible and great movement made up of millions of hardworking men and women who love their country and want a better, brighter future for themselves and for their family. It's a movement comprised of Americans from all races, religions, backgrounds, and beliefs who want and expect our government to serve the people and serve the people it will. Working together, we will begin the urgent task of rebuilding our nation and renewing the American dream. I've spent my entire life in business looking at the untapped potential in projects and in people all over the world. That is now what I want to do for our country. Tremendous potential. I've gotten to know our country so well. Tremendous potential. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Every single American will have the opportunity to realize his or her fullest potential. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. We are going to fix our inner cities and rebuild our highways, bridges, tunnels, airports, schools, hospitals. We're going to rebuild our infrastructure, which will become, by the way, second to none. And we will put millions of our people to work as we rebuild it. We will also finally take care of our great veterans. The time I've spent with them during this campaign has been among my greatest honors. Our veterans are incredible people. We will embark upon a project of national growth and renewal. I will harness the creative talents of our people, and we will call upon the best and brightest to leverage their tremendous talent for the benefit of all. It's going to happen. We have a great economic plan. We will double our growth and have the strongest economy anywhere in the world. At the same time, we will get along with all other nations willing to get along with us. We will be. We'll have great relationships. We expect to have great, great relationships. 
No dream is too big. No challenge is too great. Nothing we want for our future is beyond our reach. America will no longer settle for anything less than the best. We must reclaim our country's destiny and dream big and bold and daring. We have to do that. We're going to dream of things for our country and beautiful things and successful things once again. I want to tell the world community that while we will always put America's interests first, we will deal fairly with everyone, with everyone. From my perspective, President-elect Trump gave a really good dynamic speech. He had a lot of positive things to say, a lot of good plans. He presented a lot of opportunity for success and accomplishment. It's two years later now. As I look back on his acceptance speech, on his victory speech, there are two things in particular that stand out for me that cause me to want to sit down and have a little chat with the president. There are only a couple of things I want to point out, but wanting to point them out is pretty important. It's something that I'd really like to do. Let me try them out on you and see what you think. I'm just going to clip out a couple of things that he said and then explore them a little, think about them a little, just to basically say, right on, Mr. President, right on. I say it is time for us to come together as one united people. I pledge to every citizen of our land that I will be president for all Americans. And this is so important to me. Well, Mr. President, being president for all the people, bringing the country together, unifying us into a single ongoing body is definitely a worthwhile goal. It was definitely a worthwhile goal. It's still definitely a worthwhile goal. Unfortunately, I don't think that's been working out so well. Sure, it would be easy to point to you and say, you promised, you're the one who told us you would do it, so why haven't you done it? But the truth of the matter is that we know some of the reason why it hasn't gotten done. Sure, it has to do with you, but also it has to do with Congress. And I think it also has to do with a lot of the factions and lobby groups, interest groups. It has to do with the very sharp and painful divisions that exist in the country. Unifying the country, bringing everyone together, being president for everyone is a really tough and difficult job. Let me just simply point out, it was a really good idea when you promised to do it. And it's still a really good job. And I think that you might not be working on it quite as hard as you could. I think you might do more to get the Congress to operate as a deliberative body, to get it to do the work it's intended to do. I could mention all of that infrastructure that you promised you were going to bring to us. It hasn't happened yet. Unfortunately, there's a long list of things that Congress should be working on, should have been working on, but hasn't gotten around to yet. 
And it seems to me that the main reason why is a lack of unity, a lack of a sense of community, a fundamental lack of any belief on their part that they are the Congress of the United States, the Congress for all of us. It's fine to be the senator from Ohio or Alaska or California, the representative from a district in Maine. It's fine to represent your local constituency. But when all said and done, you are a United States senator, you are a United States congressman or congresswoman, congressperson, if you will. You are a representative of the people. And that includes me, wherever you're from. So I think that if there is some way you can, Mr. President, go back and revisit your promise to bring some kind of unity, some kind of collective action on behalf of all of us, go back and look at that promise, renew it, and work on it even harder today. It hasn't been working out very well so far, but the one thing I'm sure of is this. If you don't work on it, it's not going to happen. Let me also then add the second clip, the second thing about your speech that I find comment-worthy at this particular point in time. Here it is. Every single American will have the opportunity to realize his or her fullest potential. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. Well, Mr. President, as my grandpa used to say, I have a little bone I want to pick with you. I heard you say that you were concerned about the forgotten people, the people who are being left behind by the economy, the people who are being left behind by the system, the people who just simply are not keeping up, that each and every person is important to you, that you're going to be the president for everyone. Unfortunately, Mr. President, I think that you haven't done a very good job there. The reason is pretty simple. I think that little or no attention has been given to the serious issues experienced by people who are mentally ill, by children who are being abused and mistreated, by families torn apart by domestic violence, by the continuing tragedy of substance abuse and drug addiction. I think that little to no attention has been given to the very outrageous crime problem that we experience in our cities and in our rural areas and across the country. I think little or no attention has been given to poverty, hunger, homelessness. Oh yeah, I think a lot of attention has been given to those who are economically successful, to those who are capable of being economically successful, to those who have the skills and talents and experience and position they need to participate in the American culture. But Mr. President, that's not everyone. Not all of us can keep up not all of us can pitch in. Not all of us can do our share. Not all of us can reach out and grab the golden ring. I heard you say you were going to have a presidency that was 
for all of us, but unfortunately, I think that it has only been for part of us. And for part of us, it's worked out really, really well. But I think that we should all be alarmed about, concerned about the underclass, the hidden people, the folks who are out there trying to get along and are finding that someplace between difficult and impossible. There's the human reason for doing it, but there's also a very practical reason for being sure that we educate all of our children, that all of our children grow up in safe, supportive environments, that our communities are safe places. All of our community is a safe place, that we can somehow do better than send so many, many minorities to prison. I could go on and on and on about this, and yeah, I'm probably one of those raving liberals that you rage against. But by the same token, I'm just asking you, please do what you told us you were going to do. Are you a man of your word? So far, I don't think so. Okay, that's it for me today. Let me say thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I hope you come back again sometime. But for now, that's my personal point of view. And I certainly hope you have a terrific rest of your day. Please visit ppov.net to subscribe to the podcast.